Word podcast. Episode 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 go. Ah. <laughs> Word podcast episode thirty three. Go. Word podcast episode thirty three. Go. You see, it doesn't matter because I control when the <laughs> intro music comes in, so I can say Ward Podcast Episode 33 see, Go. But- then we know it's not real. <laughs> but I know it's real. It doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> I believe in you, Dylan. <laughs> I'm believe, just going to put it in I like four you. times. I just laughed so hard when Wendy said it before you on that podcast that I need to make sure you didn't say it here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 the, never mind. That's, that's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke. But when you explain the joke, then the joke is no longer Oh, I'm funny. just telling you why I enjoy it. No, I know, but I'm saying, but I was going to respond with explicit. Okay, now, now it's, now we're just beating a dead horse. <laughs> Beat the horse. I think my my horse noise was more accurate. <laughs> Still, <laughs> mine was more. I, I wasn't trying. Yeah, right. Gotta get that feed girl. Gotta get that feed girl. Feed oh bag. god. Oh boy. A child named Calliope. So- <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dylan. Uh, hi, Alex. Hi, Dan. Hi, Alex. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Alex. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Alex. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Hi, computer. <laughs> Hi, Mason. Um, goodbye, Mason. Um, In the arms of an angel. So, um, where is Mason exactly? He is going to, or he's already in because he just messaged me. He is in Oak Ridge, Tennessee um, at the Southern Intercollegiate Rowing Association Championships. Sweet. Where he will contest and compete in fabulous games for the chance to win a, a bronze cup. What is this, American Gladiator? Is yeah. his name Thunder? Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're going putting on? those giant so, hamster balls and so roll them down a hill. Um, Apparently that, that, that um, uh, river or wherever they race, that spot's really nice. I've never been to that one. I was, I was never good enough. I was never good enough to go. I always, I always went to like, oh, these are the less expensive races. You can go to those ones. Uh, are you bitter at all that you're not there? No. No. Um, I I kind of left the team like when I was really burnt out. Mm. And I felt like a quitter. So it was less like bitter and more just like, you know, you could have tried harder, Dylan. Mm. I feel you. Yeah. I've been there. But that was also high school for me. Yeah. And you graduate. You, know, like, you look at that 2.4 and you're me- like... To be fair, Dylan, the first step of failing is trying, so, you know. (laughs) You you really, you you did most of it. (laughs) Um, So, video games. Video games! Or do we have any utilities updates? Um, (laughs) No utilities updates. I got a a, a renter's update. Oh, yeah? This this fucking bird built its nest right above our back door. What an asshole. So there's like a little, like, outcove above our 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 back door because just it's just all windowed and so just one day we just saw a nest there like a a full nest and this i don't know what what kind of bird it is it's not a robin it's got like a a, a red chest the rest of it's black but it just fucking built its nest (laughs) it's it's the batman beyond batman it's fucking built its nest there and then and it just sits there, and then whenever I even touch the back door, it like flutters away and then stands. There's a fence that separates our neighbor's yard from ours, and just stands there on the fest- fence and just stares at me. To be and fair, just waits its on brain me. is like the size of this pencil eraser, so. 
you know. Although, like, apparently, of the top ten smartest animals, two of them are birds. So there's birds. So is it a pelican? Because pelicans are kind of no, fucking huge. So no, pelicans are scary. Crow. Crows are incredibly intelligent. Really? And ravens, which are they're both, basically crows. They're basically crows. Yeah. But so like, wait, so. Are there any eggs in the nest? Or just so, a- second phase, it laid its eggs. <laughs> no. Okay, so... I was like, going to say make it homeless, but now you'd be a homeless murderer. Right, and like, I do, like you care, but... Birds <laughs> don't make nests to live in. They only make nests I to I do make care, babies, thank so. you. But that's what I'm really, like, concerned about, is like, every time I go back there, because you're not supposed to mess oh. with the nest, because they won't come back for yeah. the kids. So I'm scared that, like, every time I go to the back door and it flies away, it's just not going to come back. Have you tried calling animal control? I mean... What are they going to do? Because if they disturb the nest, then it's still not going to come back. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to let this whole thing play out. But phase three happened today, and phase three is that the baby Avengers daddy part came one back. And two with the bird. Yeah, bird infinity war. No, the baby daddy came back. Oh, God. And they were just hanging out on the top of my back door. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are they going to, like, bring the grandparents over next? And they're just going to be, like, you know, a baby shower on my back door? Like, what the fuck is going the on? No, no, the, the one bird's like, I am Batman. <laughs> Why, why is Batman making a nest? <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's that's happening. So uh, the saga of terror that is the birds attacking your home. I mean, they're not doing anything. Birdwatch 2016. I mean, it's gonna be terrible no! if they fucking <laughs> when the babies hatch and then they try to fly and then I got and then they eat your face. <laughs> they just take over everything. But they, they, I'm gonna have baby corpses on the backstab oh my I'm god like, i don't want if, this if the eggs get abandoned the babies won't hatch no i'm saying if they do hatch and they try to fly and uh, they jump out of the nest uh, and they just fall in i mean it's it's like a tree hit the ground nests are usually in trees what's your point i don't want to birds are biologically inclined to just hop out of the nest when they're first born and fly and the ones that don't die and that's natural selection, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Thank you, Charles Darwin. <laughs> I still don't want animal corpses on my back door. Well, you might not have much say. I know you're that. used to it. I know whoa, you. Whoa, I know whoa, you, whoa. I know you revel in that stuff. Whoa. But, you know. Hey. But some of us have standards. It's just a sign, Alex. It's just a sign. <laughs> hey, just because I played uh, Undertale and killed everything in it. Doesn't mean I like death in real life. Well, I mean, like, life in no, Tate's art. No, it's you played Undertale and almost killed everything in it and then regretted that you hadn't killed everything in it because it's a sign of... Yeah, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And when, I may what, or may not have what, played Commander Shepard Renegade through both Mass Effect 2 and 3. Red bar was just... Harvest out of the way. Oh, yeah, there was no blue in there. Not, a, not an ounce of it. <laughs> blue in there. No blue blood. No. Um, so speaking of video games... Yeah. Oh, I, I was, oh, you just, you're I leaving, just the, like, leaving the floor I, open to us? I was, was going to say, like, we're talking about video games. Let's talk about video games. Okay. I know what I'm going to talk about, but... I haven't really been playing anything new. What do you have to talk about? Sounds like you so, have cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I got a new phone recently. Yeah. And it's a Samsung. Oh, my God. Yes, you should have brought that. I was going to, and, and I didn't. Uh, and that's the end of that story. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here we are talking about whether or not I'm a good person. <laughs> no. No. So, um... So I got I got this new phone. I got a Samsung. Look, Galaxy until he S7. killed an animal with that phone, the standards whoa, are way whoa. off. You're now implying I've killed an animal. I'd rather be called a racist than an animal killer. Thank you. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> um, so I get this new phone, the Galaxy S7 Edge, which I love, by the way. And uh, and part of getting it was that I got a new, I got a free Gear VR made by Oculus. And in addition to getting the free Gear VR, I got six free games with this Oculus starter bundle. Uh, and so this was the first time I'd played VR. With anything other than like 360 video or just 
360 images. So I'd used Google Cardboard before, but Google Cardboard doesn't really have input actions, whereas Gear VR, you actually have a controller on the side of the head, or you can use a hand controller. So um, what do you like? LaForge from Star Trek and just or Cyclops. That's exactly what it is. is. Yeah. Um, that's what it feels like. So, so weird. it was my first time playing uh, like an actual virtual rea- virtual reality game, um, and it was pretty fucking sweet. Uh, there was this one game um, where you know you're you're in this cockpit of this spaceship, and you're as you move your head around, you're looking around the cockpit at these different alien. Uh, spacecraft that are coming at you and you just kind of tap the thing on the side of your head and shoot and so you can swipe forward to like missile you can swipe back to regenerate your health oh so that's not a d-pad that's a swipe pad it's it's you can swipe back you can swipe forward up down you can use it as a d-pad it's it's got a touch thing to it so smart what's yeah what's the name of the game um and now i'm I'm blanking on the name of the game now of course i brought it up um it's like gun something uh gumshoe no, not gum, sh- not gum something, gun something. But, Gundam, Gundam Wing. Uh, but anyway, um, Guns yeah, and so it's, it's that. Um, and and it was my first kind of taste of VR, so I got that this week. And it was pretty sweet, so I'm excited to yeah. eat a full course. The first Ludum, cool. Ludum Dare Mason and I did, um, Tyler brought, Tyler Rhodes. Um, he, he, I'm trying to remember what game they did. Doing global game jam because he was there, so I'm trying to see if you you remember him. Anyways, he brought his uh, uh, Oculus. I don't I don't remember if it was a DK one or DK two, and that was the first time he used an Oculus. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. And all you did in that demo was you just sat there and you watched the scene, but the scene played tricks on you cool. depending on where you look. So you would look um, one way and you'd look somewhere else, and you look back and the scene had changed. Yeah. So like there was a part where you're in a room and you would look at a wall. And then you would look at the original wall you're looking at, and the wall came in closer. That's cool. And then it kept kept doing it until you were in like a like a three by three foot room and nice. just felt really claustrophobic. And then you looked away, looked back, and that wall was gone and it just showed outer space and all yeah. these astrological or astro cool. astronomic, astrophysical phenomena going on. Yeah, I'm really excited. This summer, um, the place I'm going to work has a VR lab that they that they've put together um, with a huge processing computer like the computer is just gigantic uh and they i've been talking to the guy who kind of heads up the experience design and creative technology for the vr um and he said they're working in unity and they're working in cinema 4d and i'm like hey those are both programs i'm trying to learn right now so it'll be a a chance for me over the summer to actually play around with some of that stuff so i'm excited yeah we have um in my senior project for computer science, one of the groups is doing 3D visualization using, because we have like a, fuck, I don't know what the lab's called, it's like Modern Heuristics Lab, where they have an Oculus, but they also have like, <laughs> they have a driving wheel that's like rigged up to like a curved display, and no. that's cool. And then they have, what well, it's not, because what they fucking cool. do with it. What do they do with it? Okay, so they basically, and I, I saw, because I went Paper to- boy. <laughs> basically, so I went to the lab when I took AI last semester, because the AI <laughs> professor is the one that runs the lab, and they what they do is that they simulate um, bus drivers on this fucking steering wheel thing. So it's steer, uh, you know, racing wheel and then pedals on the floor, and they use it to basically make uh, buses more fuel efficient. So they make people come. Wah, wah, yeah, wah, wah, it's like Desert Bus, but if you made De- Desert Bus like uglier, because like even the, no. the game portion wow. of it just looks—it's like the flattest, 
like crappiest looking um, <sighs> textures, just a flat ass ground. Yeah. It's like you guys are just depressing me. Like I, I am so impressed by the people who play uh, Desert Bus for charity. <laughs> like that that is torturous. Yeah, that's commitment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but so like, so that's what it does, and it has the shittiest UI. It's like the it's like. You know, you know how like the UI in Half Life Two looks kind of good, like, but you know that if you played Half Life yeah, Two, oh, yeah. but like you know the typeface, right? Yeah, it's like, eh. yeah, um, it's like that same typeface, but you made it shittier and just like put a really like just put a generic black box behind it and you just put like a border trim around the entire. It's just nothing. Nothing looks appealing. Nothing like they couldn't do. And I mean, they're not graphic designers, but I, they, I also don't think they made the software. But mm. just, oh. Infuriating. Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. But, uh. Most Rapper Simulator 2016. Dylan gives it a 3.1. <laughs> and then they had an Oculus in there, and they're like, and the professor was like, oh, show off the Oculus. He's like, we can't. It's like, why can't you? He's like, we just updated all the PCs to Windows 10, and the SDK doesn't support Windows oh. 10. <laughs> it's like, gosh, you didn't even check. Boo. Boo. Hiss, boo. I'm excited because I just installed yesterday Windows 10 on my. MacBook, so that I can play Sturdy Valley. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> because I am so excited by that game based on what you guys are telling me. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it looks a lot of fun. I I would if I had the hard drive space for it. I've got 100 gigs free, and yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'll probably dip like it's 20 or 30 gigs into it. It's out of a 250 gigabyte hard drive. Oh, because you're talking about making a partition. Right? Yeah. I thought you meant I installing Sturdy no, Valley. I don't. I took a 150 gig partition dedicated to Windows, and because I got a, yeah. a terabyte drive on here. Awesome. Yeah. I did it on my iMac as a two terabyte yep. drive. I'm very excited to even get my hands on Oculus because I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, I really liked the Samsung Gear VR experience. Yep. But the refresh rate was still very much like I know I'm looking at a screen kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I know I'm going to vomit. This yeah. Year it comes. Like, in about 15 minutes, if I keep staring at this thing, I'll pro- my head will probably hurt. But I hear Oculus is just so far beyond that now. Yo, let's yeah. scoot this yeah. table back because I keep seeing the mic so shake. So a lot of the Oculus, a lot of the that's good. A lot of the Oculus, um, like the Oculus, the regular Oculus. Um, the games are the same as the ones that I can play on the Gear VR. Yeah. So for now, I'm like, I don't really have a compelling reason to, right. oh. to sink $600 into a, a headset. But I, I'm right there with you. I will say that just having used this on the on the Samsung Gear VR, the, the looking around to aim and shooting and stuff was a compelling mechanic. But where it really hit was when it was moving and you're looking around and you actually do feel that sense of movement and and, yeah. and you physically feel how that works i cannot wait i'm sure the thing the killer app the thing that's going to make me buy vr or either i'll buy a playstation 4 and a a playstation headset i'm waiting for you to say say resident evil no not resident evil i'm waiting for him to say horror i i can't imagine dude horror has done that they have i think they ported Um, but a a, a huge open world bethesda style yeah low fantasy so skyrim Dragons, shit like that. Low or fantasy even, or high fantasy? High fantasy is. Yeah, I'd call Skyrim high fantasy. They're drag, but high fantasy, like Game of Thrones, is high fantasy, where it's it's. Mm. I, high fantasy to me is dragons. Low fantasy is politics. Mm. I, okay, I was I mean, so what? Around, so that that Game of Thrones put in both camp because it's supposed Fair. to be like high highbrow, meaning that anyone can um, get into it. I always thought high fantasy meant like we got. We got elves coming no. out the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We got, no. No. Come got, on down. My, my understanding is it has to do with the the uh, like 
this is close to real life, so it's like... Okay, I can buy that argument. Come on down um, to Papa Martin's discount. Yeah, we'll look, yeah, we'll look it yeah. up. But, um, but regardless, that kind of Skyrim thing when you... The second that they release that. The second they release yeah. that, and, and you can really put yourself... Also, the funny thing I realized is... Uh, I'm sure there's someone out there doing this already. Uh, and I probably shouldn't even say this on, on the thing, but business idea... Uh, VR chair. You need to have a chair that works well, well with VR. Have you seen the guillotine thing? No. Oh, oh no, you mean a peripheral chair that would a peripheral, work? Because oh, I realized yeah. that when I I'll first, when I first got the headset, I was sitting on my couch, and I'm trying to turn around, and I'm like, oh god, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> so then I went into Picture my office, the, the people from Wallace. and I sat in my, my desk chair. <laughs> right, so I sat in my desk chair, and swivel. just so that I could swivel. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a market for a gear. <laughs> oh, so did it track the X and Y of where... Yeah, because yeah. my head... As yeah. It uses the accelerometer. Oh, that's cool. And then the Oculus and the Vive, they use. They have cameras. And That'd be a really cool DIY project. Yeah. Uh, did you, see, you saw um, Sean's button box, the one yeah. I nearly broke. Um, <laughs> How box work. Yeah. Because uh, it was moving together and part of it dropped off. Um, it's the box's fault. Yeah. It's just the box's fault. Um, you could... Rig up a chair with some some homemade bo- buttons. I think the thing though is I don't I don't even need a chair with buttons. I think what it needs to be is it needs to be a very comfortable chair that you know like one of the reasons I I have always been a console gamer versus a PC gamer is that I don't want to sit in a desk chair to play my games. I like sitting on a comfortable couch. Hmm. So make a really comfortable chair that has a really smooth swivel because if it's like like a lot of desk chairs are like very like jerky. You need a really comfortable, big, smooth chair that turns easily. You want the Arion chair of VR? What's the Arion chair? Is, is that, is like that a, what it's called? That really gaming one with like I No, the Arion chair is that like fucking overpriced, um, really ergonomic office chair. Oh okay. The the mesh net back one. Yeah. About. Is that what it's called? I feel I like don't those know. Was, it's like Aereo Arion. Mm-hmm. So three things. Uh first one's real quick. Can you help me pick up a couch this weekend? <laughs> Buying Michaela's couch. Possibly. Possibly. I'll take that. Second, so uh the guillotine VR experience. Yeah. Uh, really cool. It came out during the early uh, days of the Oculus Dev Kits. It's literally um, you just get guillotined. That's the whole thing. But it's set in the, terrifying. Set in the period of the French Revolution and um, the people who were making the game would bring people in, put the VR headset on them and walk them over to like the guillotine stand which was just like a chair. And they would bend them over the chair and then put their hand on their neck like to simulate the the guillotine, and then you come down really hard right when the guillotine hit. People freaked out. Oh, I yeah. would freak yeah. out. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, no, I mean that's it's so cool it's, to me. It's to the point where when I was playing this game, so you're sitting in this cockpit. I don't even need VR. And... I'd freak out if someone bent me over and then chopped my neck <laughs> like that. I'm like, what, are, we, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> you invited me over for wine and cheese. Um, it's a VR experiment. So you're sitting in this cockpit, and I'm looking around, and at one point you see because you can look down and see your body, quote yeah. unquote, and. There, like, there's a point where you reach up to grab these handles, essentially, like, to hold on to gun turrets. Mm-hmm. And and I found myself literally, like, reaching up yeah. because it's like, you feel yeah. like you are there. Yeah. You could reach out and grab this. But it was really weird when I turned around and looked back and I could still see my body and there was just no head where the yes. body is. So it's like, there's the body, but there's no head. So there's two things to that. So the first one, talking about, like, you try to have these physical interactions with virtual objects that's a sense of presence like yeah. it's like the big buzzword that they're throwing around is like having this sense yeah. of presence and then the second thing i was watching the some of the giant bomb streams for both the oculus and the vive the day they came out and basically every game they had is like all right headless mannequin check and the guy would 
in the in the HR or VR headset would stand up and then look at his avatar to see if they had modeled a head in the place of the person. That's funny. That's funny. And most and most times they didn't. Um, so my question to you, to you, and I can't remember if we talked about this before. This I saw this thing about this very realistically modeled AK forty seven, and so here's me. Picture me like fourteen or fifteen years old, hearing about uh, what's that lawyer's name? We, we got oh, Joe, Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson, Joe Lieberman, trying to outlaw the sale of mature video games, and and I'm thinking, oh, this is, you know, a fr- an infringement of my of my right to be entertained. You know, someone's free speech is getting fucked with here. Like this is wrong. You you shouldn't outlaw video games based on their content. Supreme Court agreed with me years later, and. You know, after my, my me, my, just me, just me, my firm recommendation with Alex Rice, yeah, Alex Rice versus the United States. Yep. But like, so Supreme Court says, hey, you can't do this. Freedom of speech. Everyone run wild. Moral combat. Scalia cool. drops Mike. Walks away. Fast forward to now, I'm 25 years old, and I see a video of a highly realistic AK-47 being played within just a digital testing area in VR, and it makes me very uncomfortable. Um. So. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because for someone who, guns make me incredibly uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Real guns in yeah. real life. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was about to say just the word gun. Just gun. <laughs> um, just spell just, out gun. It's just, I'm not at all, you know, we, when, before we moved here and we lived in Rockbridge County, which is an incredibly rural area, very conservative area. Uh, you know, I think we were the only people that didn't own guns in the entire county. And a lot of the people Kelly worked with as a prosecutor were very, hey, you need to have a gun because if someone comes after you, you need to be able to protect yourself. And we did not have one. We would not have one in the house because we're not comfortable with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what was the crime but, rate there, like there? Uh, Decent. But, but Kelly's right. a prosecutor. So. And, I, and I know that's not your great point, but I'm also curious. Was there like a castle doctrine? Like, um, like The, ca- the violent doctrine. crime rate is fairly low. It, it's a lot nice. of domestic abuse. It's a lot of drug-related okay. stuff. So, so Castle Doctrine is the premise that if someone comes into your house, you're allowed to yeah. use lethal force. Did yeah. you realize that was the name? Huh? Yeah. Um, that's in the entire state of Virginia. You can. But wow. Oh, I know. I believe. Oh. I believe. I, mean, um, I bet it helps to be married to a lawyer. There's that, especially a prosecutor. Um, <laughs> but, so, but that being said, I've played video games my whole life that have guns. And right. I have always felt that it is a fantasy world. You live outside of it. You know, I was doing a... a a um, focus group I participated in last week about pornography. And one of the things we were talking about is this idea that, uh, you know, pornography is clearly fantasy. It's separated from reality. Uh, and I feel the same way about video games where it's just very separate. But I can see your point now that I've used this VR headset that there is, it takes things to another level when you start to suddenly feel physiognomic like physiological responses right to these things you have to think that if i'm feeling these you know these are low order responses right these are these are the things that we evolved from where we're feeling just these really base level evolutionary responses (coughs) survival instincts yeah you're you're falling you feel like oh shit i shouldn't be doing this Right. right and that's and and that's part of that experience um but you have to wonder if that same effect on your brain can go in other ways and affect things uh, in a way that um, you know may may alter your brain chemistry yeah. and mm-hmm. and yeah it is it is something that I think is going to become a big issue f- pretty quickly yeah like I, I realize I'm I'm bringing up the same uh, the tangentially related argument 
tangentially related argument that every single generation and every single form of media has brought before me. Like, oh, this is so real now. It's going to make kids want to, you know, go kill people. You know, oh, this new thing is so dangerous and real. It's going to make kids want to kill people. Congratulations, Alex. You're old. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, well, but you are now your father. Yeah. But, the, but then there's also the argument like, hey, video games have never really needed any help given the state of the country right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's probably more to it than just yeah. the violent video I, games. I don't obviously. like... You can experience emotion and sometimes physiological things in other media. Like, you know, the, you get the stories of people that go to the the, the, the Vatican and they look at the, the sculpture of the Pietra and they just start crying. Right. And, like, experiences like that. But um, I, I don't think... I think the term murder simulator is still not going to apply to VR because, like, even if you are using a gun... Man, that's in a really, VR, that's a loaded term. Wow. Well, I mean, that's what people say. Um, even if you're using a gun or, or in some sort of combat scenario in VR, it's going to be more visceral to you. And hopefully, the people that create these experiences make them more nuanced than they've been in the past. But I don't think someone, uh, a well-adjusted person, is going to go in and outcome someone that's ready to fire into a crowd. I mean, yeah. I think it'll be interesting because you're gonna see you're gonna see peripherals come out. That are gun peripherals. Yeah, yeah, but you have that for the week. You're Wii. gonna see, but but the difference is is that in VR because when you move around you you will be holding this plastic gun in your hand, but in Gear VR or not Gear VR, but in in this VR thing, we're gonna get to a point where you look around, and you look down, and you're seeing yourself holding a real gun, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're gonna you feeling yourself literally feel yourself gun. holding that thing, and you will fundamentally connect the two. And I don't know. I mean, we might even. Not in the sense of affecting um, someone to then become more violent, but what about things like PTSD, where right. it, it connects on such a fundamental level that you do start to feel guilt and remorse and regret and have Ooh, flashbacks wow. and have you know psychological impact of these things happening. I think it is something that is something we are going to have to look at. And watch and yeah. look for and be cognizant of because um, I I think that it we're gonna get there and mm-hmm. we're gonna get there soon. My hope is that it doesn't trigger or it doesn't create you know PTSD in more people. My hope is it allows people to better understand those that actually mm-hmm. suffer mm-hmm. from those. Uh, we are gonna, we are going to see a lot of psychological study of the effects of VR, which for sure the geek, the geek in me is excited now, about. Yeah, now said, we got to see who funds there, them. There have fair. also been interesting uses recently. I read about a month ago. Uh, they're starting to use VR as treatment for psychological disorders, specifically depression. Really, and so they, I was reading this one thing where they'll they'll do a simulated self that or a simulated child that represents yourself, and and through interacting with that simulation you give yourself more self-fulfillment or self-actualization i don't remember the specifics of the study the way they did it but they showed that however this process was built it was it was successfully helping to combat depression through the use of virtual reality because it was so immersive so you know there are a lot of positives for that but but we look at that and say well it clearly has an effect on the psyche yeah and so we have to be cognizant cognizant of that going forward yeah and I still think like it's so far away from being a common household item. Oh, for sure. Right now, yeah. like yeah, we've got a lot of time for, Although, for that to be explored. I, 
You know, dude. I can see in. It's at least twenty years from here to the Matrix. Oh yeah, okay, the Matrix. Yeah, sure. I I can Um, see within the next year there being a Call of Duty S title for Samsung Gear VR. Sure. I don't know about I don't know about Gear. Yeah, VR. I don't think Gear yeah, VR is. Uh, I think uh, we're gonna have something like low quality, I, but still. A lot of these like, games they are releasing on. You know the 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 Samsung S seven is a powerful little device. You can do a lot with it, and so like a lot of these games they're releasing on both. This episode platforms. brought to you by Samsung. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Imagine create. Oh god. And so it <laughs> advertising. Is, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, already I can go buy an Oculus handset that I can pair up with my phone and just play like it's like a controller. It's like a, yeah. an Xbox controller. You were talking um, about the the two circular looking things. Yeah, the touches. Well, no, the no, touches no, no, are no, not like actual like it's, oh, a, game it's, a, it's a game controller. Yeah, I'm the thing I'm most excited about are the two. And that's yeah. uh, Oculus. That's Sony. No, they all no. have one. Oh, they all have yeah. yeah. The it, but the Oculus has some weird ones. But Oculus has really cool looking ones. They look very balanced. Um, yeah. But those aren't out yet. So yeah, they're selling. Right. So they're selling. The uh, the 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 Oculus. Well, the the Oculus is out, but did you see about you know the back orders? No, how many? Well, there was a problem with manufacturing or getting uh, sourcing components. So like people that ordered them the day the pre-orders went up are now getting them in like June. Wow! Because they couldn't source components, and it was actually I feel like that's just such an expected thing. <clears throat> like, well, I know- so I know the reasoning behind it. Okay. Um, there's a couple things. So the Vive, and I'm most entirely sure that the the PSVR is going to be fine. The reason is because HTC and Sony are hardware manufacturers. Right. Facebook is not a hardware manufacturer hey. for sure. So so that's reason number one. Reason number two, the Oculus uses uses an integrated um, unit. So like they solder on the components differently than they do for the Vive. So for the Vive, they have more modular components where like if something fails during manufacturing. They can pull it off, whereas with Oculus, if something fails during the assembly process, that entire unit's pretty much send it back. It's pretty much done. Mm. So that's why uh, they're going to be slower in manufacturing units, mm. and they also are likely to have a higher fail rate. Even though you know they should be sourcing this stuff to Foxconn, but also you have a bunch of you know it's a, it's a, it's a big leap going from you know uh, Palmer Lucky making a taped together one or even the dk1 dk2 and then going to a full scale rollout sure um because i know in my entrepreneurship classes they tell you if you want to do hardware good luck because sourcing components you know having a good industrial design just move to asia now just like you you need to figure that shit out it's it's like a thousand times more difficult than if you just want to be like i want to make an app it's like okay you can do that like yeah oh hey believe me that's what in our track at the brand center that's what we deal with on a regular basis is is you know hey man it'd be really that that app you did was really cool but why didn't you do something bigger or, or physical physical or because this made, made the most business sense um, like well, yeah it's a bigger return right like for the amount right. of uh, but, but we're at school we're at school for the creative side of things not the business side of things so it's well, like well, it, well it's a little bit of both oh it is i mean oh, I, but, you know that no one understands yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. Dude, totally. you're getting an MBA, uh, bro. But yeah. No, uh, MS. Um, no, it's an MBA. It's an MS. MS. MS uh, in branding. Uh, yeah. Um, the oh, MS, it is, yeah, MS, it is, yeah. it is in science, but it's called because it says business. Yes, it is, the, it is the business school. It is an MS in branding and marketing with a concentration in experience design. But on the bulletin, it still says creative technology. 
<laughs> I think that was funny because I was like, yeah. all right, what's the official thing of Mason's thing? I was like looking up. I was like, why does it yep. say creative technology? Um, so we're getting, t- uh, I am being texted by Dan and Mai's uh, dungeon master, which always sounds hilarious to say, uh, Dan and I started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Wait, yeah, you're that's, in, that's you're the in, other game that I've been there, playing. You're in this too? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a bunch uh, of brands. It was a brand, brand our kids. We'll get in the next campaign. It's a big party right now. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Still uh, rocking in the corner. Mason, unfortunately, had to back out too because of, of timing. He's gone every weekend. Yeah. Um, so, just got a text from our DM. Um, they're at the Marty Agency thing. They're stuck in a Q&A panel. They, they see they <laughs> Let me out! Yeah. So, uh, is it going to be a delay? Yeah. All right. Three-hour podcast. Let's go. Um, oh. All right. Anyway. Um, uh, do you have something? So, yeah. We started playing Dungeons & Dragons. Oh. Okay. And so far, I think we've both of us have had a really good experience. For sure. We've got a great uh, Dungeon Master. We're, we're both fairly new to this yeah i mean i well uh, so i played it but i I haven't played it since college which when uh, it was like my sophomore year of college so it would have been you know 12 13 i played like twice two years ago with with okay dungeon masters yeah so do you know what edition you're on like three three now we're on fifth i know you're on but i mean like oh i I used to play three and 3.5 no no a d and d um, well, or it's three point five AD. Three and three point five are considered AD. Right. So Mason and I did like a can't. We played like three times, um, and I DM'd, um, and we did four fourth edition. And the differences I've heard about fourth edition versus fifth edition is that fourth edition they tried to make it more like an RPG, where like you had, I mean, trying to understand all the different types of cast spells. Okay, you have. Blast damage. You have burst damage. You have cone damage. You have area of effect. You have that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I hear they pared it down in fifth edition. So more, it's about it's more about the the role playing element of acting out the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like I say, there is a big emphasis on that. At least with with RDM, um, she, she's focusing on that. Yeah, yeah. It's about finding the balance of not getting so bogged down in the minutia of dice rolling that you lose all sense of connectedness to the story Mm -hmm. um, and still having ways to have checks and balances and make things seem realistic when it, when it would be left to chance, that sort of thing. I also don't think I'm a good DM from the perspective of like, very few people are. DMing is is hard. So, so that's the other thing. The few times I played with two different DMs in the past. And one of the reasons I never really continued with it is that the DMs were not that good and they were admittedly not that good. This is incredible because the DM we're playing with, um, she has been playing since she was a little kid. And that's family. Yeah. And so she's gone through all the editions. Mm-hmm. She is very versed in how the flow of play happens. Mm-hmm. And so she she's rocking it. She's making it happen. Yeah. Because there's, yeah. there's such a runway, especially just trying to get yourself used to the tools. Yeah. And, like, just, I mean, it, it would probably take years just to, like get a good rhythm going yeah like there's so much like for the dm personally there's so much to know and understand as well as coaching your players through this new experience so she's wearing multiple hats at once and so far doing well with with all of it yeah i mean the the biggest part is teaching us how to play in a way that doesn't make us that doesn't turn us off from the game while still finding the balance between punishing our, our characters and and letting us have like the affordance to fail. 
Did, did she build this campaign or did she? No, no. this is a pre, uh, pre-fab. This is the, is the Raven fifth Home? edition's like starter set. Campaign. Okay, the fifth edition starter set. Fifth edition starter mm-hmm. campaign. So it'll get us to level four or five. Yeah. I think is what she said. Wow. Mm-hmm. So what are your characters? So I am a little more traditional. I am a wood elf ranger. Uh, named Begalus. Named, <laughs> named Varus. Um, and yeah, uh, got a whole backstory written out for it, and and I've got some badass skills, yo. So when you, um, I'll get to you, Alex. Um, so when you play RPGs, like, because, I mean, I think, I think we kind of grok what Mason's play style is, where it's kind of like, where what's your character's name? Waffle, right? Dude. Dave. He went with yeah. Dave. It, well, he, yeah, his dwarf bard's name was Dave. Dave. Dwarf. I have his character sheet here. Oh my god! But um, that was is, great. Is uh, did, did you see the portrait he made? No, I have not. Oh, I've only seen the stats he rolled. Oh, okay, the portrait is just like a little stick figure, and then he was like had a drum. <laughs> That's awesome. But um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't like, I, I don't think I'd go as far as write a backstory, but I would like. I, I I pick like a a name that is like would sound Within good and with that's canonical. So I remember when I played um, Fantasy Star Online two on the GameCube. I played whatever the robot or android race was called. I think I named my I named my character Gunther. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. I, I was like, this is a cool name. This is my game character. And then I went to school and I told, and this was middle school, and I said. Oh, I named my character Gunther, and my friends are like, "What? Why don't you just name him your name?" Because you know you come off the yeah. Pokemon or the Link thing or Legends right. other thing where it's yeah. like. Which, for the record, I've always every I, time I play Legends of Zelda, it is Link. Every single every time. time. Every single time. Nice. Always. No ass fart. It's Link. No, no, Canon. It's Link. Yeah. It's Link. So your character. Alex. So my character, I. So I picked him haphazardly and latched onto different attributes of the character just based on my own personal interests. And I created a character of contradictions and had to write a pretty compelling backstory to make them all fit together. Is it like a barbarian with like really high intelligence? Like what's... Wait for it. So it's a dragonborn, um, which is a race. It's a new race. It's a new race. Yeah, I've seen the dragon. So I think it's I think it's pic- fourth edition. Picture of a big-ass dragon character who's also a wizard who has... <laughs> just a hat descends out of the sky and yep. plops on the dragonborn's Plop. head in my head. Who has an illusion background. Sorry, a... Uh, a criminal background, but the skills are kind of like haphazardly mixed between like stealth and and magic, mm-hmm. and so it's this big ass weak dragon who tries to be stealthy, but it's a big ass dragon. Like, how can you hide that thing? So it, it's 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 fun to try and like figure out. Okay, how do I actually make this work? Because it's a fantasy world, and I can make this work, but I have to provide a compelling reason for the it. Dragonborn is humanoid. You're not you're not a dragon. Yeah, no, but, but I am six foot like two. Right, he's a big boy. I'm a, he's the same size as all. I'm the a others. big boy. Is the same argument would apply if I was a big ass human trying yeah. to say I'm stealthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm stealthy. <laughs> 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 we got our friend Matt, who is um, a fairly straightforward, simple, like not simple, simple man. So he's a straightforward guy. Simple man. He's a he's a writer, and he keeps his writing simple, he, like short to the point sentences. And so a lot of that is applied to his character. It's just this like big barbarian human. Like mass Bust through the door, mass smash, like that kind of thing. So we, we've got some of that in the party. His name's not even Matt. He just said Matt Smash for some reason. Matt Smash. Um, 
what is it? It's Grim Doomsayer. I'm trying to remember what it is. Thing. It's hey. Grim, Grim something. I Grim think something. It's, it's just the most metal character. <laughs> Have you seen that picture going around? I have to find it. It's a picture of someone goes, hey, do you want to know my, my metal band's name? And they go, what? what is it? And then it's a picture of just a bundle of sticks like piled on top of each other. And someone goes, I don't get it. And then they show all of these death metal band names. And it's like the very like gothic <laughs> yeah. fonts. Oh with like God. all, and it's like all, it comes to a point. Oh, and it just looks like God. a bunch of sticks and twigs, like combining together, right? Yeah. And it shows this poster for like this huge death metal event. And it shows all the bands that are going to be there. And then there's one called Party Cannon. <laughs> and it's in like the Party City font, where it's like the bubbly, yes. multicolored font. <laughs> and the R is backwards in Party. And someone's like, I'm Party Cannon. So, whereas Dan's musical background, he came very much from like the punk and post hardcore side of things into like our collective taste of music. I came from the other side of like death metal and and that kind of stuff into punk and emo and hardcore so i was like neck deep in these death metal bands with logos that you couldn't fucking read and every day i would check the the boards for new music and if i couldn't read your band band name i wasn't going to listen to you like (laughs) that's your rule that was my rule was even the quality of the music like because there was so much to sort through hemorrhoidal rupture I, I can almost guarantee that that was a band name. So, I'm sorry about so, like, I know we've kind of discussed my music preferences before, but, like, no joke, all of my tastes are just adopted from my dad. Because hey, that because it's sense. so, like, I sound like someone out of time. Because <laughs> I just listen to, like, Led Zeppelin, Beatles, Jethro Tull, you know, the animals, just the doors, all this music that, like, I have no concept of, like, experience that music when it's new i just experienced that music with my dad because he really liked that nice. music like um so uh so my dad had like after the gold rush by neil young which i mean i don't know if you've heard that album but it's 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 kind of like it's kind of folk and then it's kind of country um and i would listen to that album on loop while playing world of warcraft so like when I play World of Warcraft, I just so so the so not only does the does the game have that association with the music, but the music then gets associated with the genre. So like where some people might listen to folk music or like Neil Young and think it's like folky or country, I listen to it and it's like no, it's fantasy music. Nice. Like it's it's you know, it's huh. it's it's about all these metaphorical yeah. things and things like that. That's really cool. Um. And then, uh, and then I would just throw in the uh, Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf. And there's some guys just... Would you Was that Dr. Pepper ad? But I won't do that. No, won't do that. I can't think of Meatloaf without thinking of Fight Club. Meatloaf Big and Tits Fight Bob. Club is, is pretty phenomenal. His name was Robert Paulson. <laughs> Big Tits Bob. Um... But yeah, and, and the best part is that my dad would listen to only the best of albums. So he had like Best of the Doors, Best of Jethro Tull, you know, Beatles 1. And I would take that and then I'd go search out the rest of their discography. So then he would come in and I would be listening to like Jethro Tull from like the 80s, like an album he never heard of because like he only started and stopped at the like slim, like the, the vertical slice that he experienced. So it was really interesting. So that's the only song he knows. It pisses me off. I saw them in concert here. I saw them in concert here, 
And I was like, yeah, it was really good. You know, played a lot of his new stuff. He's still making albums. He's like, do you play Aqualung? I'm like, yes, dad. He played Aqualung because that's his most popular song. Of course he fucking played that song. Um, So one thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, I got the the Xbox One um, Elite Controller. Um, And I want to ask you guys, uh, growing up, what were your favorite peripherals? Oh, specifically peripherals, not just hardware. Hmm. I, I mean, I would I would count controllers as but you any kind of controller, but not consoles. Not consoles. Oh, no. So, I had so back in the day with like sixteen bit. So there's this flashlight attachment. There's oh, this flashlight. <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take. But it's, it's a mouth, joke. not a. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had to order it from Japan. <laughs> so, uh, with a lot of the sixteen bit and eight bit games, button mashing was a big thing. Um, and so I had a, a Super Nintendo controller that was augmented to have a switch that you could turn on that would automatically button mash for you. So, like, if you were playing Contra or something like that, you could just switch this on and just keep shooting indefinitely. Um, was this, like, an aftermarket that. kind of oh, yeah, yeah. jury rig thing? it might have even been, like, Mad Cats. Um, oh, okay. I, I don't know if they were a company back then, but... Um, but I have to say that my favorite peripheral that I ever owned... I. Two fun ones that I played but never owned were the Super Scope and the Power Glove because they were both just so gimmicky. Dude, I would love to get a Power Glove and like reprogram yeah. it for music and shit. But um, I did have Mario Paint, and Mario Paint came with a mouse. And so this was like 1993. You got a mouse for your Super Nintendo, and it was like a bitmap editor. And so you could like edit all these things in, in bitmap. Um, and so I really loved having this this Mario Paint mouse uh, to play around with. I thought it was really cool. Nice. So at that time we didn't have a computer at, at, in my mom's house. So did you ever have a Game Boy Photo? I, oh, I remember, I remember those commercials. I remember, I remember the commercials. I never got one. My mom wouldn't buy me one because uh, your mother was a smart person. Yeah, exactly. It's like this looks stupid. We're not buying you that. Uh, yeah, you gotta use this for five minutes, then you'll be done. Exactly. Um, I had an e-reader. Did you guys have an e-reader? No. Do you know what that is? Um, yes. Okay. I think so. You think you had one? Or you think you know what it I is? I think I know what it is. All right. Well, if you don't, Tell I can So the e-reader was a peripheral for the Game Boy Advance um, that read basically barcodes on yeah. trading cards. Yeah. So they made special Pokemon cards that had barcodes, like, and they went down the side of the card, and you swiped the card. I remember through, that. It was like a credit card reader. And... It was so fucking stupid because you had to collect like all six in a set to unlock a game. And they and it was like this is the thing that pisses me off about Nintendo. Just let me play Donkey Kong, like original Donkey Kong. Or just let me play original Mario Brothers, like arcade Mario Brothers. Don't and they finally did it. Eventually with the Wii, with the virtual console. Right. But there were just decades of like, hey, how about we sell you this gimmick where you have to buy Deck, packs and packs of booster cards to get these six Donkey Kong arcade cards so you can swipe them all at once and unlock the game on the e-reader. But you can only play the game for the duration you have the Game Boy Advance on. And as soon as you shut it off, you have to swipe all the cards again. Doesn't that sound fun? That's annoying. That's yeah. dumb. Um, Bad user experience. Bad. <laughs> but I think it was kind of cool because that implies that all the data for the game was on that barcode. Or at least some form of it. Like I'm curious what the technology was Very like interesting. behind that because Wait, I, so you had no no. It fit the entire. It's almost like you had no ROM cartridge in the. In I don't know. 
It's almost like you're downloading lines of code. Yeah. But if you did, like, what could they be storing locally on the cartridge that was getting rewritten? There had to be some sort of data transfer. Like, they couldn't have been storing all of these games on the e-reader and then the swiping of the cards just unlocks them, could they? I mean, they could. Maybe the the e-reader had the necessary... I mean, it would have this processing power. I mean, to think about it, like, Super Mario, the original Super Mario Brothers, I think is like... A file size of under a meg, like it's it's really tiny. I'm not talking from a, a, a te- technical standpoint. I'm talking from a piracy standpoint. Gotcha. That if they just had all those games sitting on there yeah. without having to and like huh. splice in something extra, then someone could just go in there and unlock all the games sure. and put that online. Be like, this is how you do it. I think that's where ROMs come from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but like there was no you know DRM yeah. during the Nintendo era for sure. Um, I had. I wish I had the, the the photo or the printer for the Game Boy Color. I had the printer. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I had the um, I had a worm light for like all of my handhelds. Yeah. So so d- have I explained my like my lineage for game consoles? What was the worm light for again? I know I had one. It was for both the game. It was for the game, the original Game Boy. It was for the Game Boy Color, and it was for the Game Boy Advance because none of them were backlit. You, uh, you didn't get backlit screens until the SP. That's right. That's why the SP is the best handheld <laughs> Nintendo console, um, because that was just this was just a yeah, good era, the, and that was a good that was a little square one, right? Yeah, that was the clamshell one. Yeah. Um, so this is my lineage, and I know I've explained this before on the podcast, so I apologize, but um, it goes. So I was born in '91, right? Um, what year did the Super Nintendo come out? 92, or 91. Okay. 91. I was, when I was around 4 or 5, so it's mid-90s, I got a Nintendo, a Game Boy, and a Game Gear from my cousins. Mm. So what was the Game Gear again? Sega. Sega. It was yeah. the Sega it was the, it was handheld. The black one color. Color handheld. It was the color LCD. Yeah. Was, the LCD was like, it couldn't be any more than two, two and a half inches. But it was, I had a friend with a Game Gear, and man, that was the shit. It always it, it ate. It, it always it felt batteries weird. like yeah. It took six batteries and it lasted two hours. Yeah, it was just it was like <laughs> it was a monster. It was, it was like oh good, I finally get yeah. the. Possibly I finally mine has battery acid leaked on the coils. Oh my god, I could get those replaced. Like that's not that's not a big deal, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm an engineer. Um, but uh, even compared to like even at that age, I knew how much I liked feeling Nintendo products and holding them. Oh, the Game Gear just just didn't feel right. I agree with that. I never liked Sega. One of the reasons I I hate their D-pads. I I hated their 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 buttons, everything. Um, And I always felt much more comfortable with a Nintendo game. I don't don't know if I agree about the buttons, because I felt like those buttons and the Nintendo controller buttons were very similar. The same concave feel. And I just like that era buttons. It felt like these floated more. Like, yeah, they did. They did. They like it was a cheaper ones, plastic yeah. or something. Yeah, but I had one of those. Um, and then the next console I ever saw, like in my house, wasn't even mine. My the same cousin that gave me those consoles then brought over a PlayStation, mm. right? The original. And, yeah, nice. And so I, I had seen a Super Nintendo, but just like I never in my head like knew that was a separate console. So in my head, Super Nintendo was. That was a great system. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Everyone says the Super Nintendo is the system. best Nintendo system. I would, but I have no attachment to that system. Yeah. Um. So in my head, at in at the age of like five or six, I thought that video consoles went from Nintendo to PlayStation. 
That's a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a little kid, I'm like, jump. this is how it works, right? Um, but yeah, so I, so I had a Game Boy, you know, 10 years after Game Boy came out. And, and it was great for my parents because mm-hmm. my parents could buy Game Boy games super cheap. So you'd be like, my dad would come home and he's like, hey, I got Montezuma's Revenge on the discount shelf for five bucks. Here you go. I'm like, sweet, new video game. Nice. And I, I play Montezuma's Revenge. I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had that for Game Boy. Uh, I think it did came out for Game Boy Color. But what they did get me, they got me one night. He just came home and he's like, here's Wario Land and the magnifying glass attachment for the Game Boy. So you just slot this thing down through the top of the Game Boy and it's this huge square magnifying glass and you just hold the Game Boy like two feet away from Yo. your face and just look at this mag- shittily magnified version of Wario Land and I was playing that and then I had a fucking worm light attached to that so it's this whole fucking menagerie of shitty aftermarket products. You know how I've played Wario Land? Oh god damn it! I'm, I'm the virtual boy. Oh god! <laughs> it's the only way I've played Wario Land. So when you... I think of Wario Land, whoa! You haven't played Game Boy Wario Land? No. You need to fucking. So the, the virtual boy one is actually it's War- the only Wario game that I have that. that's worth having on the virtual boy. And they only had like 13 games released. And that was one of the ones that was actually worth having. Wario Land is fantastic. Yeah. I still I still have my Wario. You just reminded me of something that I totally forgot about. I had so PlayStation Two, you could buy like this weirdly sized screen attachment. Yeah. So, I those. Remember, yeah. So <laughs> here, here's the width of the PlayStation, and uh, I'm holding my hands up right now for the podcast. It's like a foot, foot and a half. Um, about a third of that size. <laughs> it was this little screen, like bigger than a Game Boy Advance, but still pretty small. And they are the rest of the two thirds were speakers, but you could. It was almost like a case that went on top of yeah. the the PlayStation Two because it's such a portable it's like, system, like right. a laptop. And so. At that point, I had free agency. I didn't have to play in the living room or my parents' bedroom. I could put my PlayStation in my room and just play video games. It was like giving a heroin addict their own like free stash of heroin. Like here you go, like teaching the heroin so addict how to make heroin. The, yeah. the Christmas that I got my two Nintendos, I think I was probably like five or six. I also wait. Were you that little boy that screams in the video? Do you know what I'm talking about? Super no. the N64 kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was not. Um, but I also got. Small TVs for my bedroom, so Yo. I would always play my video games in my own bedroom uh, growing up, and so I can relate to how wonderful that is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I uh, that was around the time that the first or second Ratchet and Clank had come out, which is fitting because I just downloaded the, the new one, the remake. Have you played it yet? I played a few minutes of it. I heard it looks fantastic. One, it looks fucking beautiful. Two, for better or worse, it controls the same as. Like it has the same control setup as it did back then. So what you'd be used to it with an action game now, maybe a dodge mechanic or something like or that. Or roll or something. Well, there's a roll there, in There's it. just jump, and you oh. can jump sideways and forward and stuff. So that was like a weird thing for me. Like, I want to dodge. Oh, this is from like 2002. I have to jump over my enemies. Yeah. Um, it, so it's good nostalgic, though. It, it feels but, good. Yeah, I've never, I've never played um, any Ratchet and Clank. I've never, played I haven't either, but I've heard, I've heard good stuff. It's Insomniac, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, we, we can play some here. Like it's, it's just so satisfying. Um, I was that, but it makes me really interested for the movie. Like having never, like yeah. I like third person action really platformer games. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I heard. I mean, I heard like they're really. They're really sticking it with the humor and stuff because nice. it's it's not like 
it's not one for one the original Russian Clank. Oh no, it's it like a it retelling yeah. of story. Um, but I heard something interesting. The the animation studio, which I assume it's Sony Animation that's doing the movie, um, they were trading assets with Insomniac. So they would make a 3D model for the film and give send it to Insomniac. That's Insomniac cool. would send them like a gun or something. Yeah. yeah, and they would animate the 3D model from the movie and be like, okay, like so, so, so there's That's parody. Cool. There. That's cool. And yeah. So um, you never played the series. There are a couple no. of like core. Wait, I want to go back to the to the. I just have a question about yeah, yeah, the yeah. about the screen. Was, does the screen require external power for your PlayStation? Um, because I don't remember. It, yes, it might have. I think so. Because if it did, that makes no sense why the screen was so small. If it didn't, that explains why the screen is so small. I think you could plug it into the PlayStation. Okay, because if it's drawing power off the PlayStation, then they probably only had enough yeah. ex- I mean, extra power. To. Um, yes. There's a, a running joke in the Ratchet Clank series, this gun that turns people into sheep. And nice. they have that in the movie. And, I and approve of that. I was excited, yeah. I like Captain Quark. He seems like, he seems like take, a good guy. Take a Spaceman Spiff. Not Sp- uh, Spiff. Uh, who- Zap Brannigan from uh, Futurama, and just make him a bigger douchebag. Who is Spaceman Spiff? He's uh, that's fuck. a what, what is Spaceman Spiff from. Yeah. Spaceman Spiff is... is that Calvin Hobbs. That's Calvin Hobbs. Okay, that Hobbs. is Calvin yeah, Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah um, Zap Brannigan is Futurama. I say it would be Zap Brannigan, but also yeah. like Zap, like Zap, <laughs> Zap, beep 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 beep. Yeah, um, Zap Brannigan, <laughs> but mixed with like Duck Dart Dodgers. Yeah, because <laughs> he's got like the Duck Dodgers kind of color scheme going on. Yeah. It's a good zap, Dan. Bug zapper. Ah, uh, <laughs> Did you see Ant-Man? Yeah, I love Ant-Man. I Did love... It's one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's a really good I've movie. Seen it twice. Yeah. The part where they, where they defibrillate um, uh, Yellow Jacket in the bug zapper yes. is the oh. most terrifying thing in the yes. entire world. Fucking... Um, so apparently, uh, Civil War is phenomenal. It's a Marvel masterpiece. And there's a... Um, a big action sequence at the end, the airport scene, this season of the yeah. trailers, and Ant-Man apparently steals the show for, for a section of that. They nice. re- did they redo his helmet for this one? Because the helmet I model looked, looks different. I haven't looked it closely, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It looks it's like more like, angular. Stuff like that. Um, the actor that plays... Played... Paul Rudd? No, not Paul Rudd. The, the actor, actor that played Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. We Paul, Paul is dead. Um, no, the actor <laughs> that played Yellow Jacket... Oh yeah, Corey He um, he's friends with my boss. Oh, cool. Because my boss, um, and her husband are theater people. They have their masters in theater. Yeah. And when they saw him in House of Cards, they saw like the first episode he was in. They started talking to him. He was like, "Oh, Corey is awesome." It was like, "This is your big breakout role." It's like, "Yeah." It's like I'm really excited. It's like. Yeah, you should be saying you'd be on the show for like a couple seasons or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then they watch the rest of the season like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh I haven't um, actually seen House of Cards, so. Uh, oh, okay. Um, We're going to stay there, but the first season of House, House of Cards is some of the best television. I've heard it's fantastic. And the second season is really good, too. I'm going to watch House Third of Cards. Third season is meh. Fourth season was really, really good. I was actually upset when it ended because it ended on a like a really good note. You really liked the fourth season? I did. I really liked the fourth season. Have you seen it? Yeah, I watched it all. Yeah, um, I'm gonna without without spoiling anything, did you like the ending? Oh, um, was the scene. In I the, thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, and it feels like a very Underwood strategy to it, take. It does, but it also feels like you can see the screenwriter there saying, "Like, we got it. How are we gonna extend this thing out?" Yeah. Um, but because they like already greenlit it for 
another season or two or something, yeah. like, before that this season came out. That's all right. Also, um, I'm the worst human being on the world. We know that, but why? <laughs> Wendy doesn't know that I've watched this season of House of Cards. She's gonna now. I know. But she's also, like, five or six episodes yeah. behind. So I'm gonna wait in, like, a month and a half when she's just sitting there at her desk and she just whips around and looks at me and she says, you did what? And then for the cherry on top, I also watched the rest of Jessica Jones without you. I love you, Wendy, I'm sorry. She's going to be like, why? Confessional podcast, episode 33. Uh, what? If we watch all of that before she gets to this point. I mean, it's, a, it's in, already been recorded. She's going to know. I'm in the, I also edit these things. <laughs> You're, you're a dishonest all man. Of, all of a sudden, just like Dylan disappears from the podcast for about ten minutes. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, nice. I love you, Wendy. I'm sorry. I don't. She gets really mad. Oh, I don't blame her. I, um, I. So this girl I was dating a year ago when the first Daredevil season came out. There were many signs that our relationship was on the way out the door. One of them was the fact that I did not wait for her to watch the rest of Daredevil. Just like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go watch the rest of this without you. Oh, Wendy wasn't into Daredevil. She like, she like sat down and watched half an episode with me. And she's like, "This is fucking stupid," and she like <laughs> walked Del, away. Del and I are watching season one of Daredevil right now. We got to we finished episode eleven last night, I think. So I think we have two more episodes. Yep. Do you like it? Love it. It's yeah. good. It's um, getting really good. Like the last three episodes were really good. Let me know when you finish because season ep- one or season one. Okay. So of all two seasons, the last episode of season one stands out. Yeah. Um, but for not the reason, not the reasons you would expect. Okay. So we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. Did you have you finished season two? Uh, yeah. I fucking loved Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. I knew we talked about. it. I didn't know if, oh, yeah. if you had finished it. Um, I liked. It. Have we? Uh, actually, there's probably nothing we can talk about that isn't spoiler filled. So we'll wait till Dan finishes. Cool. Yeah. Where, where are you on that um, Tales from the Borderlands thing? Yeah, Yo, I highly recommend you finish that. Game. I will finish it. I uh, so at some point. I will. I just well, want to talk to I, someone about it because, like, I Alex and I keep down walking around. At one point to start playing it, got very barely into episode three, and got to a point where the mechanics were pissing me off. You had to like sneak, and there was a, a security camera, and I kept getting caught. And I got pissed off and stopped playing. And that was the last time I went to play it. So Security camera? I didn't. You're like behind oh, boxes and you're in a hallway. It's going to shoot you. It's going to shoot you and you die. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. start from the beginning of the whole sequence. And I got tired of watching the sequence three times in a row. Weird. And I was like, fuck it. I'm but I feel like there's two parts in the sh- game that do that. What episode are you on? Three. That was three. Oh, okay. Um, I started playing the Game of Thrones Telltale game. Yeah. And maybe I'm just burnt out on Telltale. Um, and I, I loved every second of Borderlands, but I got um, five, ten minutes in. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm bored. Finish the first episode. Yeah. Okay. Finish the first episode, and then make your decision from there. I mean, cool. I see a Westeros poster on your wall. The first, so. Oh, I love Game of Thrones. The, yeah. the way the first episode ends is very compelling and well done and makes you want to keep playing. So. Cool. Um, is this game going to bum me out the whole time? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's Game of Thrones. I mean, I mean, I mean there are peaks There is that. no happiness in Game of Thrones. Fair. Come on. Speaking of Game of Thrones, did you see... Um, I think I think it was Weiss. Um, the showrunners comments that there were probably only like thirteen episodes left in the series. Yeah, after the season. After the season. <laughs> Did you see what HBO's response to that was? Was it like "fuck you"? Well, no, no. It was like we need to find a way to make shorter episode seasons. Yeah, yeah. Which would make sense. Like, 
Well, they've been saying yeah. all along it was going to be eight seasons, so if they cut it down to seven seasons, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't mentally comprehend, like, us getting from here to the end of it all in two seasons, unless, right. like, the end of it all is going to be, like, a real uh, fuck unless you. They, unless they bring Jon Snow back in the first episode and get that, like, that train rolling, like... It's going to focus on Danny. Yeah, I think so, too. Because, like, well, she I, needs I to the, get the, the, to Westeros. Danny, Jon Snow, and Tyrion were the three dragon heads. Like, that whole legend. Well, it's Song of Ice and Fire. Fire is, is Daenerys and Ice is I, I Jon Snow. Yeah. I can't remember what the the legend was, but it has something to do with, like, there are three... And who was the third one? Tyrion. I would That's the theory. That would, that that would make sense. Yeah. He's the only Lannister worth a damn. Exactly. My good Arya instead of Jon Snow. I think Arya's your own thing. And I'm I don't think they're going to let... Um, I think Arya... I think the whole point behind Arya is that she's forsaking her name as a Stark and doing her own oh, thing. Oh, because she's yeah. no one. Uh, I don't think Jon Snow's coming back. And I'm okay with that. I'm... Oof. He's coming back. He's coming back. You guys pretty pretty confident about that? Um, so one of the reasons I'm, I think so is that they are clearly focusing on Azor High and the Red Pre... The Red priests and red prince the uh, red priestesses they didn't reincarnate um melisandre Callan. oh yeah who's Callan? uh see the thunder no the knight Callan okay. stark uh rob stark's mom you were the, did you read oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah. Whole, yes 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 yeah. yes so they didn't, didn't bring yeah her. i was waiting for that we i think we all were um the the theory right now is that they didn't do it because it would cheapen the effect of bringing Jon snow back is Jon Snow? Is that it? Or lend too much certainty? Though, to I think to I think with what they did with Melisandre at the end of last season, and the fact that they're introducing a new Red Priestess this season. If oh, I didn't know that. It, there, it was in the most recent uh, trailer. Oh shit! So, huh? Is she I with the Lannisters? Oh, shoot, no, she was. Because I remember they killed that guy that's on the floor of somewhere. Is either in the um, in front of Tyrion or something. Guy with the chain, where he looked like a maester or something. Huh. I don't remember. The younger guy had black hair, and he had like dark blue robes. Huh. And then he was like on the ground, and the next scene was just a pull of blood in some guy's arm. Wait, it's not Clyburn, is it? The guy who um, brought the mountain back to no, the no, no, no. But yeah, so I I think that it's going to tie into that. Bringing Jon Snow back is going to be related to that. I'm really curious to see Bran's storyline. Yeah. I fucking I'm, hate that kid. Fuck I, that I kid. I hate that kid, but I love the season four ending, which went full on like um, the most fantasy ghosts and ghouls, all like of Game of Thrones. The fucking part where they were fucking like when they found that that little girl White Walker, whatever, and she's throwing like fucking magic grenades at the skeletons that are coming after Bran and shit. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like F- full I fantasy? No, yeah, mm-hmm. that was great. No, I like I like the politic. Dude, I. I love just like the the skeleton warrior as an enemy. Like has a sword, is just a skeleton. <laughs> you should straight. You should tell your DM that. Yeah, I bet, I bet she can. Well, please, there. please do because my favorite enemy is undead. So sweet, yeah. Make it really easy to kill him. Um, I also want to tell. So uh, I'm gonna call Matt Warner out on the podcast. He apparently does not wear his seatbelt when he drives, and I'm, and Jess Sugarman and I. I've heard this. It makes me very unhappy. We're, yeah, we're all trying to give him as much shame and shit as possible. So I'm probably gonna tell Raven and, and see if she can slip into the campaign somehow. Nice. Like you did not buckle up in your wagon. <laughs> yeah. Roll yeah. constitution yeah. check. Yeah, you were thrown from the thrown wagon. From the you wagon. Just broke all of your bones. I just got an email from a email address called title nine at vcu.edu. <laughs> It says Title Nine policy update and require oh, yeah, training for employees. Oh uh, yeah. 
That's interesting. What else? I just didn't know that was a registered email address for VCU. Probably about um, like 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Okay. Uh, let's talk about Mitomo. Ah, uh, yes. Because I, 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 I wish, yeah, I wish we had recorded a podcast last week because I was Man. so high on Mitomo and now that high has subsided. I never got high on Mitomo. I <laughs> tried, I wanted to. Fuck, man, dude! I, it's just, it's just it, a, the it, the pancake suit didn't didn't keep you going. I, I couldn't get the pancake suit. I got the fucking pancake suit. Yeah. Fuck yeah, motherfucking pancake suit. And and then secondly, um, yeah, it's just I don't need another social network in my life. And there's something about it that's so Nintendo that's very endearing and I like. But um, I feel like we should have a list of Universal Insight for the brand center, and that should be at the top of it. Yeah, don't need another social network. <laughs> um. But yeah, I you know I it was a novelty and 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 that was that I actually deleted it off my phone a few days ago. Well, that's um, good because it takes up like six hundred megs. I know. After really? a while, oh, it's gone. It's, <laughs> he's um, holding down the app. He's hitting the X, and it's gone. And it's gone. And, it's and gone. wow, um, that was fast. Oh, look, it checks also, in. Also, my, I am uh, addicted to Clash Royale, and yeah. so far, after having it for about a week, two weeks, I've only spent two dollars on it. So it, it is very much not a pay to win game although i'm now at a point where i'm losing consistently i think i need to build better decks so um and how do you build better decks look online <laughs> you find better oh it, there's so much strategy buy pay no i thought no, I, no, no. I was getting at pay no 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 um, i will say so i i'm in hearthstone yeah i have not played hearthstone for a while i do really like hearthstone, hearthstone is, I, 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 I think it's so complex model the way they do it is really well done um and i I think Hearthstone is is a good example of that. Yeah. Well, I Hearthstone want... is closer to Magic: The Gathering for me. Yeah, sure, much sure. Like... But they get what my point there is that we're talking about yeah. pay to play games and what works, what doesn't. Hearthstone gives you enough that you don't have to pay yeah. to have an enjoyable experience. And then if you want to take it to that next level, that's fine. Yeah. So I want to go back to Mitomo for just a second because Mitomo for me, Mitomo, Mitomo, um, is just it's just a joke app. It's just like. Man, like, cause I'm friends with Will Blanton on there, and just every response to him, if it, if it, if it's a response that deals with food, not even food, most of his responses revolve around pizza. Yeah. It's like, what'd you do today? I ate a pizza. It's like, yeah. what'd you have for la- dinner last night? This pizza again. <laughs> and it's just that's it's funny. Just all of that, and it's just really good. And then you can have you can answer questions, cause that's the entire th- thrust of the app is that you just answer social questions. And when you guys pitched it. Me, I'm sorry. Am I, I will am say I ruining I, your D20? Oh, no, you're fine. I really liked uh, <laughs> what does Dylan's celebrity look like? And of course, I said Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I said, What is Dan's celebrity crush? I said Hugh Jackman. That's right. Triple threat, man. Um, How could you not have a crush on him? But it's good. Like, it's also funny when you, like, you play it straight. Cause, so it asked me what Sarah's celebrity crush was. And I said, uh, What's his name? Jay Bacharel, the, the voice actor for the main character in How to Train Your Dragon. Uh-huh. The very like dry, deadpan voice guy. And she's like, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> um, but the, uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, just making the photos, like the photos are just so stupid and fun. Um, and, but yeah, I've, I've, I have also kind of fallen off of it. Wendy, Wendy's still strong on it. But I will say that I think. Why do you think he did it? Why release that? That app? Yeah, why didn't Nintendo do that? I, I think to sh- kind of show how how they view um, smartphone apps. Because, I mean, I think it's it's doing really well, and I think there's a lot of doubt. It's like, oh, 
oh, smartphone app by Nintendo. Okay, they're just going to port Super Mario Brothers with, you know, on-screen buttons and call it a day. Well, that's the thing that's interesting, right? Nintendo has never been the console of the three main consoles for the last two generations that has gotten online sociability right. Right. They haven't figured that one out. And the fact that they did it, like, in a unique way. And that's my thought. I think that this is going to have strong implications for NX, whatever NX ends up being, that this will this will live in that ecosystem in a very seamless way. And I think that that's what this is related to. But I also think that Mitomo is like the epitome of what Nintendo understands and what Nintendo does not understand. Yeah. Because I I think speaking as an engineer, there are some technical oversights that just kind of floor me. And the biggest... Like, like what? So, so obviously Nintendo... I think Nintendo puts um, kind of form over function. Like, they understand social... Like, they understand design really well. They understand what makes things fun. But sometimes their technical execution isn't as good. And the example is, you know, Mitomo is, is, is fun. Like, like they, they get, like, the charm. Like, what's there that appeals to people. But... If you go and look at like Sarah's me on there, and she, when she wrote in her name, she wrote, you know, use the nickname Syrup, and then there's a white space after it. And then they don't trim the white space. Mm-hmm. So whenever her name comes up, it says Syrups, and then so it's Syrup space apostrophe S. And it's like, that is such a simple thing to yeah. correct. That is this, that is like, that is a built in function to almost every programming language just do dot, string dot trim and it takes off the white space yeah. at the end it's it's basic enough that i know how to do it it's, so it's, it's basic enough that i know how to do it it's very or the basic. fact that they don't take punctuation <laughs> off so that if i put a period and but they phrase it as a question then i say the sentence and then it says period question mark and it's like guys like come on yeah you you're almost all the way there and and it's the core functionality of your app it's it, not like yeah it's, like you guys are all about appeal. That's not appealing. That doesn't look good. Right. Uh, and that maybe that's mostly just me being OCD, but that's still like... No, it takes away... It takes you know, out of the experience. That strikes me as a very not Nintendo thing, though. Like, that yeah. strikes me as the company they bought to do their mobile apps. Well, they didn't buy... They, that, was a, that was an agreement. Oh, it's an agreement? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a contracting thing. I will say about Mitomo, it's very Japanese. Yes. Like, it strikes yeah. me as... Your room looks super see, Japanese. I can see why, in Japanese culture, this thing would be very appealing. Um, culturally, it just it, it fits that. I don't see it thriving as much in the Western world, um, because I think it's a different sort of approach to a social network that... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I don't know if a Western crowd is going to be in it for the long haul. But I do... But I do well, I think, I think there are niches that, that will appeal... But I do agree it won't have maybe as wide appeal as it might have in Japan. Yeah. Um, the, one of the best parts is that you have your name, right? Your nickname, and then you have your pronunciation of your nickname. You can make the pronunciation of your nickname anything you want. Hmm. So I have my coworker, Kenny. When it reads his name, it says his name, but it says dick butt when it reads it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, human beings. Yeah, human beings. <laughs> there's someone's greeting... Where when you talk to them, because you can set custom greetings, and when you say, and I think the default one, default one's just hello. When you talk to this me, their greeting is "Welcome to the Sin Pit." <laughs> and now Dan is 
wobbling um, his pencil you to know, make it look like it's made of rubber. Based on time and uh, Dan's business, <laughs> that's probably a good place to Dan, end Dan's it. attention span. Oh my god, it's, oh, it's wow. fascinating how it works. Oh my god. Oh, I, I do want to say, um, the last thing I played... Reading Rainbow is brought to you by... <laughs> Reading Rainbow. I can do anything. Um, Just take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Um, in the grand tradition of apps that are just called adjective plus y noun, I downloaded this game called Ludi Dungeon. Is <laughs> <laughs> basically just Crossy Road, but you play as like an RPG class, and then you have an attack based off that. It's literally there's like no strategy to the game at all, because so it's all grid based, and like a slime will come up to you, and all you have to do is be in an adjacent square and swipe at the slime. And that's and that's the gameplay, and then avoid traps and shit, making so, the world better. You're recommending this to our listeners? No, absolutely not. Okay, just, that's good. <laughs> I'm just so sick of the Flappy Bird. I mean, I would hate to lose uh, any one listener because really that might take away like a fifth of our audience. Yeah, that will. That's true. <laughs> it's more like the twentieth, but <laughs> it's just splitting hairs. Um. All right. All right. All right. Well, take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow.